0: Room for a small one. Hello and welcome to episode 39. Yes, if you're marking your scorecards now, that's episode 39 of The Real Football Cast. I'm your host, Dan Tracy, and in the next 30 minutes, I'll be dissecting all the hot topics in football. Yes, if you listen to the previous episode, you know that I've split myself in half this week. After looking back at the goings-ons of last weekend, it's now time to look ahead to this. These shows are half as long, but twice as good. I've best do some social media bits first, as we'll be talking into the abyss once more. So first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at StanTracy1983. Anything show-related, send it my way. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. And if you use that platform, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're not a fan of all things Apple, you can find me on SoundCloud and Acast. While the easiest way to find all the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, the Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. What is Loserpool, I hear you ask? It's the company behind the new game, Last Man Standing, one which is free to enter. If this has grabbed your interest, then be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account, especially as there's a new prize pool which guarantees a winner, £1,000, something you won't want to miss out on. The odds of winning are great, but they're even better if you sign up. Right then, it's time to go live. And where shall I go first? Let's go to the Champions League and Tottenham's new home. But to be honest, it's more about Harry Kane's injury. A huge blow from Richo Pochettino and Spurs fans everywhere, me included. Now, whether or not that puts a huge dent in their top four hopes, we'll just have to wait and see. Min Song, it really is over to you now. And I mean, I was at the game on Tuesday... And I've never felt an atmosphere that's gone from, you know, 100 to zero in just a split second. The audible uh, groan when Harry came off down the tunnel, you thought, this is it. Um, Not necessarily on that evening, because you thought, you know, Spurs are still sort of playing well, confident of getting something out of it. Even if it was a 0-0 draw, obviously it got much better when Son scored with, what, 12 minutes to go. But you do sort of look at the next few weeks and you think, without Kane, um, it's going to be really difficult in this race for the top four. The buffer we had, um, I say we as Tottenham, there was, what, 10 points at one stage. If Kane was injured with that margin, you think, do you know what, we've just about got enough to get over the line. It's not great, but it'll be OK. With, well, no real margin for now. you're just really up against it. And every game, without using the cliche, is a cup final. And um, this is where we're at now. Six cup finals, maybe even another if we get to the Champions League final. But, you know, that's getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I'm going to look ahead to the Premier League matches in a couple of minutes, so I'll hold those thoughts for now, but it's not looking great for Tottenham, is it? Liverpool, however, they moved one step closer to the last four of the Champions League, and they're almost, I guess, the tournament dark horses, because everyone's forgotten about them in terms of Champions League winning circles, such as the focus on them attempting to win a Premier League title that, you know, it's almost like, well, can they do both? And you get to this point, you think, well, actually, maybe they can. You know, everyone's talking about Man City and quadruples and the like, but no one's really talking about Liverpool and a double. Um, It seems to be a case of either or, and I don't think it has to necessarily be that. You know, I think um, this could be a position that really suits Liverpool. I think I'd be very surprised if they didn't get into the the last World of the Champions League. It would take quite the implosion in uh, Porto next week. So you've got to sort of take them as... um, a a semi finalist, um, who they get depends on, you know, what happens in the tie between Manchester United and Barcelona. So Liverpool could be King to the continent. King to the Continent is not something that Barcelona have been since twenty fifteen. And after a one 0 win over Manchester United on Wednesday, they'll be confident of getting the last eight job done next Tuesday. And even when Lionel Messi's gushing with blood, you just can't stop him, can you? Now um I don't know if Smalling really meant it. Smalling himself has said today that Messi knew he didn't mean it, but it was what well, hell of a whack. I mean, you know, it's like if you can't beat them, beat them. But unfortunately, you know, like I say with Messi, you just can't beat him, can you? He's that um, class apart. And I think his long-time arch-nemesis Cristiano Ronaldo would have been watching with interest because Ronaldo scored again on Tuesday night, another Champions League goal. I think that's, what, 125 in the uh, Amazing career of the Portuguese icon. And um, although he scored, it was not a winning outing for Juve as they were held by Ajax in Amsterdam. So the Dutch outfit did wonders in Madrid in the previous round. Can they do something similar in Turin next week? I mean, don't put it past them. Um, for all the talk of experience, you can't sort of, um, you know, rule out just pure talent. And I think that's what Ajax has got. You know, they're never really going to get experience at Ajax because by the time they get anywhere good, they're off, aren't they? And that's, I think that's just the way of the footballing world these days. But for the talent they have to a man, is just phenomenal. And I wouldn't rule them out. And it could blow the Champions League landscape wide open. And because this is an Equal Opportunities podcast, I'll quickly reference the Europa League. So, an impressive win for Arsenal on Thursday. Although you do get the feeling they would have needed that, especially with a clean sheet, with their slightly indifferent waveforms. So a 2-0 buffer going to Naples looks healthy. Whether they can get the job done, we'll have to wait and see. But they are um in the box seat, as I um, would say, more often than not. So, yeah, a good result. I mean, it pains me to say it, but you can't really discredit it after, after good showing last night, Thursday, that is. Chelsea, they left it late against Slavia Prague and a victory in the Czech Republic. Um, their performance is, unfortunately, overshadowed by their idiot fans. I mean, I don't want to tie them all that brush, but three or however many idiot fans um, beforehand did themselves no favours at all with that video. I'm not going to talk about that too much, but, you know... If you've lived um, under a cave, you might not know what's happened, but, you know, internet is a wonderful thing. Go and search it, Mohamed Salah, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, Chelsea, they're also in the box seat. 1-0, Marcus Alonso, late goal, puts them in um, the driving seat, as it were, for next um, week's return tie. And I think, yeah, it's looking like Chelsea will be um, one English team in the final four. Will there be two of Arsenal? Probably, but you never know, like I say, with their indifferent away form. Okay, that's enough chat about Europe. Let's focus on the Premier League weekend, one that starts in a few hours. It's Friday. Friday night football. Bit of a rarity, but it seems to be back in vogue as of late. So, the extended weekend's action begins at the King Power Stadium as Leicester play host to Newcastle. And it's fair to say the Foxes have undergone a period of rejuvenation under new manager Brendan Rodgers. Since Rodgers swapped Glasgow for the East Midlands, he's won four out of the five league games which he's been in charge of. And all of a sudden, potential entry to next season's Europa League looks a distinct possibility. That run of positive results is coincided with a return to form for their Tasman Jamie Vardy, and he will be confident of continuing his hot streak of uh, form in front of goal this um, Friday night. So if you're confident of the same, then you can get odds of, um, I think, the, well, stupidly thin, actually. I think something low as 4-9 at one point, for him to score against the Magpies. Get on that one if you can, because he's on a real purple patch of form, and I think, you know, it's almost like buying money. Uh, That's the one and only game on Friday. Saturday, Tottenham versus Huddersfield kicks off proceedings. And um, although Tottenham's hopes of a top four finish would have been boosted after beating Palace, they probably would have been then further diminished after that Harry Kane injury. So Huddersfield obviously the next team to visit this wonderful new stadium. Can they make it three from three and create this sort of invincible record at their new home? We'll have to wait and see. You know, Champions League success is still a dream for the club. But one way or another, they need to make sure they're in that competition next season. So whether that's winning it or finishing in the top four, who knows? I mean, it could be both, but it looks like an overall situation. They can, of course, increase their chances of a return to uh, Europe's Premier Club competition this weekend. And even though they're without Harry Kane, you get the feeling they'll get the better of the Terriers, who, you know, have got nothing to play for, have they? So, I don't know, if I was going to put my uh, hat on the... uh, on the uh, on the shelf, that's not even a phrase I'd use, but you know what I mean. Um, I'd go with probably a 2 0 win. Um, if you could use that as your loser pool banker, you would probably go for that. But I think Huddersfield would probably be removed because it's too much of an easy choice. But Kane or no Kane, um, no Kane, no pain. I think it's going to be a 2 0 win to Tottenham there. So moving on, let's go to Saint Mary's and last Friday. Southampton gave Liverpool something of a scare, as they took the lead for an early Shane Long goal, which is a rarity. Um, However, the title challengers, not Southampton, that's Liverpool, um, their clash shone through in the end as Jurgen Klopp's men would leave St Mary's with all three points. Saturday sees um, Wolves look to not only do the same but bounce back after throwing away a 2-0 lead in last Sunday's FA Cup semi-final, something I referenced in Tuesday's show. So, obviously we all know that was a game that they then lost in extra time. So although Southampton don't have immediate relegation concerns, they're going to need a few more points on the board to assure survival. And Wolves with them being, I guess, deflated after last week. this could be a game that sees honors even. I think Wolves are in a little bit of an iffy patch. I mentioned that on Tuesday's show. Southampton, like I say, still need a, a win or two to get themselves over the line. So I think I think the draw seems right there. So probably one you wouldn't want to touch in a loser pool capacity. Uh, where should we go next? Let's go to Fulham and Fulham, well. Um, their last league outing saw the overhanging threat of relegation finally become a reality when they lost to Watford at Vicarage Road, and that means that they'll now be playing Champions League. So not Champions League football, yeah, they were Championship football next season. Um, so yeah, losing nine in a row, and um, that means they've got five more dead rubbers, and that's going to be music to the ears of Everton because they've not only won their last three fixtures in the league, but they've all come against London-based opposition, which is going to be a good omen for their trip to Cove the Cottage this Saturday. Those triads of win, uh, triads of win, sorry, have also catapulted Everton into the race for seventh place and the potential Europa League prize that comes with it. Now, that is if um, Watford don't win the FA Cup. So that's been blown wide open. Um, Another win for them this weekend will only increase those chances. And I think it's almost a no-brainer that Everton should win that. I mean, like I say, with Fulham's iffy form, well, it's more than iffy, it's awful, rancid is probably the word. You'd be surprised if Everton didn't come out on top, although their inconsistency has been a difference between them sort of getting much closer to that top six bracket. So whether that inconsistency rears its ugly head again, we'll have to wait and see. But you do get the feeling Everton are starting to turn the corner they're like a, a tanker. Slowly but surely, they're turning round. And I think that tanker might just be able to uh, come into port and get three more points on Saturday. Where next? Let's go to the Amex. So Brian once again play host to uh, another set of South Coast rivals, and they'll be hoping for a better outcome in this one than in their last showing. A fixture that saw them lose to Southampton at the Amex by a solitary goal. So this Saturday P- season play host to an outsourced Bournemouth, who, if you were to believe manager Eddie Howe, are still a team that are not safe from relegation. And when you consider they've won just one of their not- last nine league matches, you may just have a point. Although personally, I think that's a sort of a comment to try and give his their players a bit of a kick up the arse, because they really are, they're not just on the beach, they've got the suntan lotion out, and they're kicking back, you know, they're having a lovely time, um, they are safe really, I mean, they would have to take an amazing combination of results, for Bournemouth to go down between, you know, it just it's not going to happen, but I think he's saying, look, to his players, you can't just, down tools this early, which is evident they have, um, how you get through that, um, pro, uh, problem, I don't really know, um, I think it's a mentality issue but like I've said many times before, Bournemouth have this sort of tendency to get safe and then just undo the belt and just go, like that's it, perfect and I think it's happened again so whether that's going to be something that happens next season, we'll have to wait and see but it's the one thing that halts Bournemouth from you know really challenging for European football and I think if you're a Bournemouth fan it would be nice to have at least some sort of peak or trough of some, some sort of jeopardy, something to play for than just sort of seeing your way out till the end of the season for sort of two months each time but you know at the end of the day they're going to be a Premier League team again so they can't have too many complaints can they so if we look at the um, the sort of game between Brighton and Bournemouth the Rot has certainly set in for um, the Cherries and the Seagulls will look to sort this weekend I think Brighton will probably win this one and you can if you were sort of a betting man, you'd probably go both teams to score. From a losable point of view, I'd be considering Bournemouth as one of your picks there. Maybe not the red-hottest pick, but certainly one you consider and think, yeah, with their form, um, it's certainly worth a shout picking them. So, uh, where next? Let's go to the Turf War at Turf War as Burnley take on Cardiff. So, just when you look like Burnley were going to get sucked into a relegation battle, Sean Dyche's men picked up two hugely important wins over, who is it, Wolves and Bournemouth. So, as a consequence, they now find themselves eight points clear of Cardiff. Um, who currently lie 18th in the league. So it was looking like two weeks ago this is going to be one of those sort of do or die six pointers. It's not now. Um, for Burnley, like I say, they're looking up the table rather than over the shoulder. For Cardiff, it is do or die for them. You know, they've got six games to go. They need to win at least two to have any chance of staying up. So, you know, that's one third of all the games they've got left. They need to win. You're probably thinking, you know, and this is without Southampton getting points. So it might be as many as at least three wins. You know, you're looking at half they've won one of their last six so their form has really deserted them they are running out of fixtures it's not looking good nothing's over until it's over but it's nearly over for Cardiff and it will be you know closer to over if Burnley get the win that they need and if they win on Saturday then you get the feeling that they are safe you know that would be sort of job done not automatically sort of mathematically sorry but nearly there so I think you know this it's, it's jeopardy for different reasons Burnley know if they win they're safe Cardiff They lose, they're almost done. And I think you know, Burnley have the form and the confidence, certainly compared to to Cardiff. Um so yeah, Cardiff, if you were looking from a sort of losable point of view, um you'd be looking at them as your tip. I think from a sort of betting point of view, you'd be going home win and under two point five total goals. Where next let's go to old Trafford. So Oligan Solskjaer. He'll no doubt no doubt be asking himself just how costly that recent May United States defeat to Wolves at Man will be, and I go, I know the the immediate impact will be sorely felt. You know, he and everyone else won't know the answer until the end of the season, because only then, when we know that how this sort of league table was panned out, will we know if sort of points there that were dropped in the Midlands will be that costly. But um also at the same time, the top four is something is a very fluid concept. It changes with every uh, fixture round that is uh, taking place, or even every game. And United know that if they can get a win on Saturday against West Ham. They can thrust themselves right into the mix. And thankfully for the Red Devils, um, the Hammers are largely toothless on the road. And this will give Solskjaer and his players all the confidence they need going into this one. I mean, they have lost four out of the last five in all competitions now, a run that was extended with that Barstone defeat. That said, going into this one, I think they'll be likely to, uh, you know, I think a win to a clean sheet. So West Ham, again, is another one we'd probably be weighing up from a losable point of view. Some good... Um, healthy picks this week, so I mean, usually when you get sort of to this point, you're thinking, "Oh, well, you know, you have to sort of use your your brain." But I think you know, there's some some ones that are easily staring you in the face here. So West Ham, another consideration for your losable pick. Uh, let's move to Sunday now. A huge day of title chasing action is upon us, and Man City will be fully aware of the threat that Crystal Palace can provide. That's because in this season's reverse fixture, Roy Hodgson masterminded a sensational win at the Etihad. A game which is really remembered for Andrews Townsend's Hal Witzer of a goal, which if he's not um, goal of the season, I'll give up. I just I can't see it not being um, goal of the season. But, you know, again, strange things happen in football, so don't take that as a given. Um, it's not just revenge that's going to be on Pep Guardiola's mind. There's also a small matter of trying to defend their Premier League title. And what better way to crank up the pressure on Liverpool than by winning their ninth league fixture in a row? Palace have all but um, booked their top flight status with a win over Newcastle last weekend. They've got little to play for and with that in mind, I think City by two clear goals could be this sort of smart bet for this weekend if you're um, wanting to put some money down. If you fancy a free loser pool punt, uh, again, go for Palace to lose because they've got nothing to play for now. Again, they can sort of relax. It's job done for them. Uh, will Lightning strike twice in terms of a scalp of Man City? Probably not. Um, if City win, then you know it sets up a huge, an even bigger clash at Anfield just moments later. Because the big clash of the week is undoubtedly at Anfield. Liverpool playing host to Chelsea. And there is every chance by the time we reach kick-off that the Merseyside Outfit will find himself second in the table once again. If that is the case, then they know that nothing else but win over the Blues will suffice. And although they go into the game as favourites, one cannot be too quick to discredit Chelsea as they've won their last three league matches. And also, of course, they won on Thursday. However, that Thursday night exploit might be the thing which costs them because they have um, less recovery time compared to Liverpool. Liverpool also... Played in midweek, but they've got 48 hour um, more recovery time and they played at home, so there's no sort of travelling across the arse end of Europe. Sorry if there's any fans in the Czech Republic, I don't think there are, but you never know um, if you're out there. If you are, thanks, but apologies. Um, So, yeah, again, Chelsea's exploits uh, across continental might be their undoing, and I think Liverpool will probably win that one 2-1, because they've won their last four, but they haven't got to clean sheet. So they are winning, but they are also conceding. So if you fancy they sort of both teams to score, element and a win for Liverpool, I'd hang out on that one. And um, yeah, even Chelsea is a losable pick. Like I say, not the sort of the most obvious, but with risk comes reward, and it could be a reward in the um, guise of a £1,000 if you uh, keep your um, correct picks up. And it might be Chelsea that do you a huge favour. Also, uh, we mustn't forget Monday, Monday Night Football, uh, Watford. they booked their first FA Cup final appearance in 35 years. And what a way to do so after their sensational comeback win over Wolves, a team that were also in the hunt to finish 7th um, place in the Premier League. So there's still a lot to play for. Like I say, there's that 14 mini bracket of Leicester, Wolves, Everton and Watford. Um, Watford will see how the results have panned out before them and know what they need to do. They've still got that sort of wild card of the game in hand. So, this isn't sort of must win, but if they can keep sort of winning and not have to use that game in hand, they're in an even stronger position. So, um, City, uh, they face Manchester City in the final on May 18th. And obviously, they want to win the FA Cup, but they also want to look to the league as an insurance policy to get your Open League football. And when they go up against Arsenal, they have a propensity to stutter on the road. And this was no more evident against Everton in their last league outing. So, with that in mind, I'm going to be a bit risky here. I reckon this could be a draw. Um i just got a feeling. You never know, do you? Um, so it might be one to avoid from a losable point of view. Um, you know, Arsenal will probably win it now and put egg on my face, but I think Watford have had their tails flying after um, that win at Wembley. Arsenal, obviously, they played on Thursday, but they played at home. So I don't think the fact they played at home against Napoli is going to have too much of a detrimental effect. I just think their away form is going to be their undoing. I mean, if they play anything like they played against Everton, then Watford might even be rubbing the hands of thinking we can have a win here. But I don't think it will come to that. I do think, however, it will be on as even. And that, again, will blow the race for the top four wide open. So um, I think that's about it, to be honest. Maybe I lied when I said half an hour. Um, 20 minutes, that means you've got more than enough time to listen to this before all the action takes place this weekend. Um, I'll be back on Tuesday, uh, where we'll have a full review of all that happens in the Premier League over the past few days and also I guess we'll have a very quick look ahead to the Champions League action uh, maybe not the Tuesday night fixtures because you probably would have heard them on the other side the Wednesday night fixtures of Tottenham Man City we'll certainly focus on that one and Juventus Ajax me and I think Carl's going to be joining me next week so with that said it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy this is The Real Football Cast in association with Loser Paul and until next time goodbye